0: Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No by Eighteen plus. Terms apply. website for details. Chapter fourteen of Three Good Giants. This is a LibriVox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org three good giants by francois rabelais how the awful war between the bun makers of land and gargantua's country was begun read by avis venning while gargantua studying day after day was finding out that the tasks he had at first thought to be so hard were so easy that they became more a pastime than anything else, and while he was growing to be a skilful soldier and a most learned gentleman, his old father, King Rongusir, without his knowing it, had got into a terrible muss with certain bun-makers of Lairn. This is how it happened.' It was vintage time when the great purple grapes bursting with their ripeness were to be gathered and when the shepherds of grongousier's kingdom used to watch the vines like hawks to prevent the starlings from pecking at the juicy clusters this vintage time always made business for the bun makers of laon even when in the best of humour however they were always a peppery touch-me-if-you-dare sort of fellows they brought their buns to market along the great highway in ten or eleven big carts which filled the air around them with the sweetest odours of course trudging along through the white dust of the road they were sure to meet king rongusia's shepherds watching their vines who always made it a rule to step out politely to the edge of the highway hats in hand to beg the bun makers to give them some of their fine smoking buns in exchange for their money i dare say the shepherds knew what they were doing Never were there such buns as the bun-makers of Lairn had the fame, all around that region of making. Taken at breakfast with ripe grapes, they were a dish fit for a king's table. By ill-luck, this year above all other years, the bun-makers chose to show how hot and peppery they could be being asked by the shepherds in the usual polite way to sell their buns they not only refused outright but they began to call the honest shepherds all the bad names they could think of there was one shepherd named fourgier a good man and a gay one besides who stepping forward said in a mild voice to the bun makers friends this is not acting like neighbours haven't you always come by the highway haven't you always found us ready to give you good silver and copper for your buns and haven't you always had from us in return our fine cheeses which give their richness to your buns it is an old saying that oil will make troubled waters still but old sayings are not always true this particular saying proved false for when the bun-makers received fourgier's oil it only set their water on fire come here Sirrah shouted marquet the chief bun-maker to Fougier, and i will give you your buns Fourguier, being a very worthy, unsuspecting fellow, came near with his money in his hand, like an honest man, thinking all the time that Marquet really would let him have the buns, in spite of his rough voice and sneering tones. What did Marquet do but, with his long whip, cut the good Fougier about his body and legs, so as to make him dance more nimbly than he had ever danced before? After that... Marquet got a little frightened and wanted to slip away, but Fougier, while he was bawling for everyone to come to his rescue, took from under his arm a big cudgel, with which he hit the bad bun-maker such a blow on his head as to make him fall from his horse more like a dead man than a living one. But this was not the end. The good shepherds, hearing Fougier's cries for help, rushed from their grapevines to the white dusty road holding their poles in their hands ready to avenge their comrade the bun makers peppery as they might be were just then trying to get off as fast as their horses could carry their carts away but they were not fast enough to prevent the shepherds from taking from them four or five dozen delicious buns for which they offered like honest men to pay the usual price but the bun-makers were in too great a hurry for that they laughed angrily at all these offers and bore marquet's body in a dead faint away with them and this was how the great and bloody war between the bun-makers of lairne and gargantua's country began the first thing the bun-makers did on getting safe home at lairne even before taking a bit of food or a sup of wine was to hasten to the palace where bowing low before their king Precrocole, they spread out their broken baskets torn robes crushed buns and at last with a grand flourish displayed marquet himself all covered with dry blood and groaning dreadfully who has dared to do this shouted king picocole getting very red in the face the shepherds and vine-watchers of that old giant grand goosey may it please your majesty answered the bun makers oh 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 roared precocol furiously without asking for further information or a single proof Picroco ordered the drum to be beat around his city, commanding everybody under the pain of the halter to appear at broad noon in the great square. Then he went to dinner. While he was dining, he gave out his commissions to his officers in the army, which, when gathered together, was found to consist of sixteen thousand and fourteen bowmen and thirty thousand and eleven infantry. To the great equerry dion was given the command of the artillery which when mustered numbered nine hundred and fourteen great brass cannon culverins catapults and other pieces of artillery when the army was all got together a troop of light cavalry three hundred strong under captain swillwind was sent forward to scour the country of the enemy and find out what ambuscades had been laid but they could find none Grangusia's shepherds were still peacefully watching their grapevines and looking out only for the bad starlings when the report was made that the land was clear Picricule, all of a sudden bold ordered a quick advance each company marching under its own captain without any order or discipline the army swept over king grongousier's fields meeting no opposition laying them waste sparing neither rich nor poor respecting no holy place carrying away the bellowing oxen mooing cows roaring bulls crying calves bleating lambs ewes rams goats cackling hens crowing cocks piping chicks goslings ganders geese grunting swine and suckling pigs beating down the ripe walnuts tearing up the vines and pulling all the fruit from the trees now and then a frightened shepherd would crawl from his hiding-place and beg for mercy on the ground that he and the bun makers had always been the best neighbours together and that it would be a shame to treat him like a foe all the bun makers did was to laugh at so mean-spirited a fellow while shouting that they were bound to teach him how to eat their buns so like a great wave of blood they rolled on till they reached saehy then the mighty army after sacking the town rushed shouting like madmen to the very walls of the great and venerable abbey of Seilly, which they found very thick and strengthened by a huge gate made fast against them the main body marched away towards the ford of verd leading seven bodies of infantry with their standards and two hundred lancers to break down the wall which they did very soon with fierce cries of let us spoil the monks of course the poor monks were not fighting men and when they found their convent walls broken through and their fields at the mercy of the bun makers All they could think of doing was to go to their chapel, from which they intended to come forth in a solemn procession to entreat the wicked men to leave them alone. While the monks, headed by their prior himself, were singing psalms and getting ready to leave the chapel, in rushed a young monk with flaming eyes who had seen what was going on in the vineyard. "'That's very well sung, brethren,' he shouted very well sung indeed but why don't you sing good-bye the vintage is over don't you know that these fellows are breaking down our vines and that we shall have no good wine this year now this young monk who was called friar john was i am afraid looked upon by his pious brethren as rather a black sheep he was tall straight as an arrow strong as a bull a little quick of speech skilful in all games and as brave as a lion so when he looked in upon the singing monks and found them ready to give up everything off came his frock and catching up a great staff near by which was as long as a lance and as big around as the fist he rushed out and fell upon the enemy who were thinking of everything save the praying monks in the abbey the flag-bearers had piled their flags all along the walls to work the better the drummers had opened one end of their drums and stuffed them with grapes and the very trumpets were running over with juice then it was that friar john holding his staff high in the air swept down upon the scattered bun makers like a hurricane it was first come first served with friar john the first thwack crashed through the crown of a big headed bunman and brought him down then the staff with just a little blood on it now went spinning around to the right and left up and down, first on one, then another, in fact, everywhere. It broke the legs of this one, the arms of that one, and the neck of still another. It gouged the eyes, drove teeth down throats, smashed in ribs, and made jaws crack. If anyone wanted to hide between the thick vines, Friar John was sure to spy him out and bring him to the ground with a broken back. If anyone wanted to run away the terrible staff would reach him and he would fall shouting i surrender when the slaughter had gone on for some time friar john stopped and for good reason for looking around him he could no longer see a single bun maker standing on his feet and he was only giving wild blows in the air then he rested and it was found that he had with his single arm killed the whole army which had remained behind the vineyards of the convent numbering thirteen thousand six hundred and twenty-two men but friar john had struck down some other things besides the army and these were the purple vines loaded with the rich and juicy grapes which made the delicious convent wine famous throughout the land After all, the rascal bun makers had spoiled the vintage. End of chapter fourteen. Read by Avis Venning, London, June fourth, twenty twenty three.